0: If people are willing to, and what I try and do is kind of bring all of that insight and knowledge into what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis with my work, but it makes me a better leader. It makes me stronger. It reminds me connected to people. And at the end of the day, everything that we experience, we're all humans. And that connection with people is just full of momentum and power, whether you're in the home or in a business or wherever. It's a core part of how I think about leading and innovating and parenting.
1: Hey there, and welcome to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I'm your host, Emmy Kirshner. I'm a serial entrepreneur, investor, and business coach for ambitious women who are boldly taking their business to the next level. And I believe that building a successful business isn't about working 24-7 just to merely meet a revenue goal. What it does take is a unique blend of dedication to purpose, courageous action, and frequently sheer will to overcome the odds that lead to meaningful impact and experiencing a life well lived. In each episode, you'll get to know the women and men who are unafraid to put it all on the line as they share the stories of success and failure that have made them incredible leaders and the magic they gift the world with. As you're listening, and I hope finding value, don't forget to share the Tribe of Leaders podcast with all of your other entrepreneurial friends and to follow us wherever you're listening to this podcast. Hey, Tribe. I hope that you enjoy this episode as much as I did in recording and talking to my guest, Estelle Gerard. I knew from the very beginning when I read her bio that I was going to love the conversation because Estelle, like me, believes that people don't fit into neat little boxes and in part of her bio, she talks about having some of the most interesting insights about people in the world come from unplanned intersections. And that just aligns with me so, so much. And I love her journey because Estelle is a PhD scientist in population genetics who became an entrepreneur like so many of us in that it was almost by accident and her own frustration as she was trying to get pregnant and then became, and became pregnant where she was frustrated by having to keep notes on her phone, essentially, of all of the different doctors she was seeing and her medical records, because there was no one one place that could safely house everything. And her business, Trellis Health, now does that, starting with women who are pregnant, and then she hopes to expand to everybody else. But if you've moved around like a lot like I have or you have multiple health issues, what she's creating is so incredible and so simplifying because it's really difficult to get access to your medical records and to create and really paint that whole holistic Picture of all of the different treatments or procedures, medications that you've had in the last maybe year, but maybe it's even a you know, decade. So enjoy this one as much as I did. Hey, Estelle, welcome to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I have been looking forward to our conversation all day because I am totally in love with your business. <laughs> and totally in love with your business. And partly it's because I've had so many bad experiences. So with that, Please introduce yourself
0: and share with everybody who you are and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to this conversation as well. So I'm Estelle Girard, CEO and co-founder of Trellis Health. And by way of a really quick background, so I am a trained scientist. I have a PhD in population genetics and then spent the early part of my career really deep in academia. I then switched gears and worked in commercial in a large biotech for the better part of eight years and really worked at the forefront of medicine in that role and built a 400 million business mm. around population genetics. I so worked with customers like 23andMe, some of the biggest healthcare networks throughout the country on our research and then also on a precision medicine initiative. And the idea was how do we make medicine of the future more personalized and predictive and really focus on the individual at the center of that. But I saw time and time again kind of how challenged that was on so many different levels. And in parallel to that, at the same time I was going through my own experience into motherhood. And it wasn't Easy at all. Yeah. Um, I'm an IVF mum, proud IVF mom. But even within the pregnancy journey itself, there was just so much kind of unknown and responsibility that you take, and, and the learning curve is just insane. And so I ended up leaving my corporate job and devoting myself to building Trellis Health. And it really exists at the intersection of these two ideas. So as a starting place, we're starting with see can we use a person's personal health data to really provide a supportive layer for her moving through that kind of health journey of pregnancy and starting a family? But our long vision is really that this is relevant for everybody. You know, can we be owners and advocates and really see our own health data in a really effortless way, and then use that to enrich our lives and just live healthier lives in a you know in a really seamless way. Mm-hmm.
1: So, can you give an example of how like trials Health helps you see your health data more effectively and more holistically?
0: Yeah. So. I mean, at the end of the day, we call it a health hub. You Mm -hmm. and everybody, I mean, I'm saying everybody, a vast, vast majority of us have our health data in multiple places. Mm -hmm. So we might have seen multiple doctors through our lives, especially if we've moved states or moved practices. We see specialists. We have vaccinations done at different places. You know, even the average healthy person has their data scattered and spread all over the place. And so it's really difficult to get a holistic picture of all of that health history. And you layer on top of that, you know, more like the additional tools that we have available today, things like wearables, you know, fitness trackers, genetic testing data, you know, all of this data is critical health information. Today, it's literally spread all over the place. And so Trellis Health, with our software, we have APIs and you know a number of things built in the back end that mean that we can collect all of that data for you, organize it, and then populate it in an in-app experience for people to really kind of like see all of that data in one place. And so there's no you know, remembering passwords. You don't have to remember which doctor you saw two decades ago. You don't have to make phone calls to anybody or kind of get anybody to approve anything. Um, it all happens in-app within our app. And like I say, organizes that data for you. One thing I will say is, you know, every, every health data in this space is going to be enormous over the coming decades. And so kind of everybody from Apple, You know, Apple has Apple Health. There are a number of kind of really big players in space and and kind of thinking about health data. But I firmly believe that data is not enough, right? Like it's a starting place. It's It's the table stakes for a person to be able to see that data. But in order for that to impact their life in a positive way, we need to kind of interpret that into really practical ways that they can improve their day to day. And so a really concrete example with pregnancy, and this example comes from my own personal experience, right? So I had prenatal hypertension and this affects, you know, 20 plus percent of pregnancies. I was having to measure my blood pressure multiple times a day. And I actually ended up having postpartum preeclampsia and ended up back in the hospital. But throughout this entire journey, you know, a lot of factors in kind of day-to-day management, and so with Trellis Health, what I envision, what I'm, what we're building towards, is the software will be able to read from your data that that you have this diagnosis, so post-prenatal hypertension. Pre-program in all the reminders and kind of everything that you need to do in your calendar to manage that condition, and then push you notifications to to input the measurements, and it all goes into a dashboard. And a summary so that next time you have your doctor's appointment, you've got this kind of like one pager, like ready to go, ready to talk about the most crucial things for your health and a summary of everything that's kind of happened up until that point from the last visit. And so really it's enabling a just easier management for the patient between visits and also a better relationship with their doctor because it allows the doctor to operate kind of at the top of their license and the patient to really advocate for themselves. And so that you can improve that kind of care relationship and really get down to it. When I was in and struggling with this, I had all the measurements and an Apple note in my phone and I would be there in my doctor's office scrolling through the note, trying to, you know, think, is the blood pressure increasing? Is this thing I should be worried about when The doctor is saying, how is your blood pressure this week? Which is a really simple question, but the patient's not easily empowered to kind of answer the question. Wow. I love this because for a
1: couple of reasons, one, like I've moved around a lot and, and even like I had a hard time finding a primary care physician at one point. I think I saw three different docs and I never moved any of the records. So I saw them like twice and then, and not for anything significant, but still I moved on and I mean, my
0: records are all across the country at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Like a lot of people, this is, and this problem, sorry to interrupt, but this problem is getting worse because Gen Z, you know, we are mobile you know, people want to live these free lifestyles where they're not necessarily tied down. And so we're seeing a rise of these, what we call transactional health services, where they may not even have a PCP. They may just go to whatever doctor at the fastest appointment to meet the needs,
1: and then just move on. Right. Well, and I've done that too, where I've been to like different urgent care places within the same like company but I still have to tell them that I'm allergic to Cipro every single time. Right. But the other, I think the other side for me is like my mom's experiencing a lot of health issues. She has a gajillion doctors that she sees and some of the illnesses are related and some are non-related, but nobody talks to each other. And and there's no, nobody managing her care outside of my dad who is, doing a great job, but there's a lot. And her medication changes all the time. Yep. And I know from health coaching, sometimes the docs don't check all the interactions with prescribing stuff that without intentionally meaning it, but that could be interacting with something else that somebody's taking.
0: Yep. Yep. I mean, all of these problems are really at the core of what we're building at Trellis Health. And these are deep like big problems in our healthcare system. And it's like you say, you know, there's, it's very difficult to, to say that somebody in in a care team is responsible for you and for checking all of this, if it's not yourself. And at the end of the day, you know, we are responsible for ourselves. Like I say, you are the most exceptional and expensive thing you own. It's you. And we're not empowered to really easily do that. It's the, the burden of care, and it typically falls on loved ones or carers that are helping people kind of manage this process. But if we can alleviate some of that and really empower patients with software and with their own personal health information and kind of build that structure underneath them, you know, we can help address some of these gaps in care and help coordinate that care between different providers. Yeah, that
1: I'm so excited. (laughs) Like, like I really appreciate your experience moving through pregnancy and having all these things happen. Because that's hard. It
0: is. And it's, you know, I was already, like I say, I was already really passionate about this space and kind of improving medicine and improving human health before I was pregnant. And you know, my journey into pregnancy, like I mentioned was, you know, an IF journey. And I went into that incredibly naive and it ended up taking me and, you know, my husband as well, three years of kind of going through the cycles and the injections and the calendars and, you know, all of the management associated with that. And then I was pregnant and I was like, oh, okay, great. I can step off this wheel of, you know, taking such responsibility. And now I fall in the normal case. And I was still shocked by that experience and the amount of work and responsibility and kind of burden that I had for managing my own health through pregnancy. And only 10% of these have zero complications, kind of no issues through pregnancy. But the experience was so jarring. I was like, what? This is not... You know, what I signed up for, I'm used to this kind of really digital experience. And my care team was great. I have to say, you know, the doctors were great, but there's just still so many gaps. And so, you know, the realization, the insight was just that this is a perfect place to start. It is such an underserved need in our community. You know, women are often referred to as chief medical of the household, because they tend to, and especially now, I think a lot of women are sandwiched between taking care of their children and then taking care of their parents at the same time.' It's got this care sandwich. but at least around pregnancy, you've got women taking a chief role within family and you know that translates into the community as as a medical decision maker for the family. And they also make more than 80% of consumer buying decisions. Like, you know, women are powerhouses of this space and they've been underserved in their health needs for so long. And so, you know, that's our starting place for Trellis. And I mean, I will say as well, like, this is something that I am unapologetic about as a founder and as a mother my story and my history and my health journey as a mother impacts who I am as a founder and how I think about this business and vice versa. So, you know, that journey that I went through is kind of inseparable. I'm a huge advocate for people not trying to like hide those aspects and those challenges of their personal journey and their personal life. You know, we all have things going on. And I think if people are willing to, and what I try and do is kind of bring all of that insight and knowledge into what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis with my work, but it makes me a better leader. It makes me stronger. It reminds me connected to people. And at the end of the day, everything that we experience, we're all humans. And that connection with people is just full of momentum and power whether you're in the home or in a business or wherever it's a core part of how i think about leading and innovating and parenting yeah
1: i mean i my kids are out of the house now and i started my business when they were little as a single mom and they my parenting has informed my leadership Because of everything that we've been through and the way I parented and it's been really cool to see all of that kind of come full circle as my business has grown and and expanded that these two Mm -hmm. human beings who are rather opinionated at (laughs) (laughs) times. I think that's a good thing. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great thing. Sometimes not at the time, <laughs> but they also were very different people. So it's not like I'd be like, "All right, this worked for Brian, so now I can like apply that to Matthew." <laughs>
0: like, yeah, it's like it's yeah. An exercise in people management. <laughs> yeah, and growth. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. 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 It's never ever going to work for both both of them. And then how do I have them interact and really support each other? too. So it was, there's so much team building among so many other things, but I'm curious, how has being a parent affected how you've grown your business?
0: Yeah. And so it's hard to say, okay, this one is like a lesson from being a mother and it's like applicable to being a founder and then vice versa. Cause I think a lot of them kind of sit somewhere in the middle and flow between them. Mm -hmm. But one thing that I've definitely learned and taken upon myself Uh, over the last several years is this idea of being comfortable with being uncomfortable. So just being really comfortable in situations of being stretched and things not, not being in control of everything. And that's from like my health. And also through the pregnancy, you know, I used to wake up every morning and just in physical, like I had really, really bad morning sickness through most of it. And then just the physical pain of like stretching and it was just like physically feeling that uncomfortable first thing when you wake up and there's nothing that you can do about it. And so you just have to mentally be like, okay, well, you know, there is nothing today that's going to make me feel more uncomfortable than this. And it's also, you know, another one of those is doing injections, the IVF injections every morning, you know, wake up, give yourself an enormous needle, really uncomfortable injection. And it's like, you know, this idea of, I think it's eat the frog first, like do something, you know, really like hard and difficult first thing in the morning. And then the rest of your day feels easy or at least you feel like you have the mental strengths to really kind of and the resilience to kind of go after the rest of your day. And so I just got really comfortable in this headspace and it was all around being pregnant and being a mother and kind of approaching that version of me where I didn't know what I was doing. And it was just a space that I felt, you know, very uncomfortable in, but you get comfortable in it. You're like, well, you know, this is my normal and I'm okay with that. And so as a founder now, I always try and lean into, okay, what's the uncomfortable decision and am I avoiding that because it's the wrong decision or am I avoiding that because I'm trying to preserve my comfort as people, you know, we love our comfort zone, I think our comfort zone is overrated and it's better to put yourself in an uncomfortable position which really gives you purpose. And for me, like being a parent is a hundred percent that like it's not an easy, comfortable place to exist in.
1: No, it's not because they don't come with user manuals. Right. (laughs) (laughs) No, and I think right. I mean, I spent a lot of time thinking about when they were little my guys were little, like, what's the best thing for them? How do I help them the most? Like really being thoughtful and intentional. And there's so many things I wish I had done differently, but I did the best yeah. with I had at the time. And we've had that conversation, the boys and I too, but right. I, I agree that it's very uncomfortable. And I think you're absolutely hundred percent in, it does inform you to, in building your leadership, just Step right into that uncomfort zone because it's some of it's just building the muscle. Like, all right, this is what yeah. We're, I don't like it; doesn't feel good, but
0: it'll get easier as I, I move. Yeah, forward. just being comfortable with it. And the the thing is, like, I tie this myself into my mindset, like a growth mindset, because if you are in a situation you and you don't feel comfortable in that situation, over time you will start to feel more comfortable. Like we expand into the space that we create for ourselves right, right, and then you're comfortable in that, that space now. And then you push to a new space and you expand into that. And that is you growing. That's a gross mindset to just be looking for those places to grow into and to exist into. Yeah, absolutely. Before we hit
1: record, we were talking about a lovely experience that you had <laughs> the weekend. And I a <laughs> Also of a time when I had many of them, but I had like flown to Orlando from Philly for the day and was planning to come back and be home by like eight o'clock and crazy stuff happened, including the plane that was supposed to be taking off right before my plane got struck by lightning at the gate. Oh my God. So I got home at like two o'clock in the morning and it just like set this whole... Like chain of events of having to reschedule everything, and then my kid's car yeah. broke down, and I was like walking out the door to go to a meeting, and the dogs were up on the carpet that had like just come back from the cleaning place. And it can like that stuff you move through it, but it's like it's frustrating at the time, and it's hard to stay positive. So, what's what like how do you manage all of that? Particularly since if you want to share kind of what happened and, and yeah, learning experience.
0: <laughs> so my life logistically got blew up on the weekend. We had a major plumbing leak in our apartment, so now we have to move out and I'm solo parenting this week. My husband's in London. So I'm coordinating a business, recording podcast, moving house, taking care of my little boy and then all the insurance. And it's just like a lot. You know, I'm a work in progress. Like I don't want to pretend that I have all of the answers, but this is another lesson from motherhood that I take into or it, it kind of works both ways, but I take it into my philosophy as a founder and a leader. And that is this notion of this too will change. Like everything changes. Nothing is constant. And I used to remember that in the like really, really tough days of early parent when you're sleep deprived and, and kind of everything is blowing up. And I was like, this will pass. Like it, the world keeps moving so you couldn't be like you know really struggling in a moment but it will pass and the same thing for the the really high highs in our life is this like gentle reminder of like this too will pass cherish it have gratitude for that but then like it will move on and and that's okay and so in the only way that i can approach this and i think of it in a very like elemental sense mm-hmm. it's like water it keeps flowing and it will have you have these roadblocks in your day-to-day life and these things that you feel that are immovable there is always a path somewhere and if you can you know just like go with the flow is way too cliche for this and I reject that actually <laughs> but it's <laughs> I think we can paint things with an overly optimistic brush and like not understand the depth of like challenge that a person can face in in these types of yeah. situations and so I don't want to say go with the flow but I do try and like stop and sit in the moment for a bit and think like, okay, everything will keep moving. And, you know, I just tackle the next thing that's kind of right in front of me, solve that problem, move on to the next one, solve that one, move on to the next one. And it's a linear process. You don't have to get overwhelmed. It's just like water moving through, finding the cracks. It's got a goal. It moves towards that goal. It doesn't You know, it doesn't kind of change. It just finds the cracks, moves towards the goal, and there is a path through those situations. So you just have the healthiest thing for my mental health is to just stay in the moment, look at the problem right in front of me, and solve that. And I do that as a founder a lot as well. It's was like, okay, what's the problem right in front of me right now? Solve that, move on. Mm-hmm.
1: And do, do you look at whatever problem it is that's in front of you, if you have a multiple multiple options to choose from? Yeah. Like, this is the one that I can't, that's either the easiest to fix, or this is the most urgent, or how do you kind of process some of that so it does become more linear?
0: Yeah. Another analogy I'm gonna throw out in this one because it's kind of like a Bible for me as kind of being an entrepreneur is the movie The Martian. I don't know if you've seen it, but you know, Matt Damon surviving on Mars. Oh, yeah, 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 a yeah. constant imminent threat of death. And it's just like solving one problem after another. And so the way that I structured in my brain, even intuitively, is what's your North Star goal? And so for a startup founder for a CEO, typically in these early, early days, it's just don't die, just don't die as a company, just keep not dying. And so that framework like prioritizes all of the other things, like what is the one thing that's going to de-risk that North Star objective the most? And then, you know, for example, in my personal life this week, it's like, okay, my family has to have a place to live. Like my son has to be safe. And so those are the problems. And then you can rank order things beyond that, but it comes down to like, what are your North star priorities? And then let the problems organize Mm -hmm. themselves underneath that. And then you just keep moving through them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how I operate too. So it's nice Mm -hmm. to hear I'm not the only (laughs) one, (laughs) but it's still a lot, right? So how do you show up or how do you ask for support? Because like, this is now taking time that you weren't planning on spending, yeah right so and it's easy to try to just manage everything at the same time but you have a team of people it's
0: hard um, yeah it's it's not healthy but like in instances like this I I don't sleep as much or as well as I should for my health and so there's like there are things that fall off and I, I think that's you know relevant for everybody I think where it gets dangerous is If you're constantly sacrificing those things, whether it's exercise or sleep or, Mm -hmm. you know, going full circle back to health, you are the most exceptional and expensive thing you own, like taking care of ourselves and our body and our mental health is just so important.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And how can you show up as your whole self in those? Yeah. Because I think there's some there, right? Like, not that you don't want to share that, hey, major plumbing link leak, but it's right. like I've got to juggle priorities now and I need help too.
0: Yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up. It's also like it's not super easy all the time but it is something that I do try and do. And it's like, you know, I wasn't planning to talk about my plumbing leak <laughs> on this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I think we keep things, especially in corporate business, far too sheltered and behind these cages. And there is just power in having and it affects culture of the team and so culture is super important to what we're building at Trellis Health as well. One of our cultural tenants is radical transparency and it, it's around you know health data and what we're building but it's also around who we are as people and how we interact as a team and with transparency with that kind of openness you can build trust with each other really quickly because you can build understanding. You can say okay I know where are you coming from this week? Like, let me help you out or here my expectations. You've reset my expectations on what we're doing. We can now move forward. It builds communication. You know, all of these really positive things that you want in a culture. But the very first step is just that level of transparency where you can feel comfortable to say, you know what, this is me. This is my whole self, you know, strengths, weaknesses, everything. When Mm -hmm. I'm on fire, you you know what that looks like. And when I'm struggling, you know what that looks like. I mean, like on fire in a good way when I'm firing on all cylinders. (laughs) I got it. Yeah. And so it is about being just a little bit vulnerable as leaders and saying, this is what I'm faced with and it's you know I think there's a balance there around like when you show that vulnerability and like what context that is in so that people don't lose confidence in you and what you're doing so in some instances it's like hey I've got this thing going on in my life I'm telling you about it here's the challenge we're facing or here's the challenge I'm facing that I'm like unable to solve this part, but here's the piece over here that's really important that I'm going to focus on with you for the next hour. And like, I'm not distracted or, you know, here's the existential challenge that we're facing as a business, but here's my plan of like how I'm approaching that. So, you know, I think there is a balance there. I don't want to say there is no kind of cost to vulnerability, But there is a huge benefit, I think, in culture and communication and speed and trust if we are able to bring this to the forefront in the right situations.
1: Yeah, I'm so glad to hear you say that um, because it aligns with what I believe and how I try to operate. And I think there's a value in the acknowledgement of, hey, I'm having an experience and it's messy right now. and. Even if there's a moment of potentially falling apart or not, I think just acknowledging that you're having a struggle gives other people perspective. hundred percent. And and I agree there's a balance too, because you don't want to be over sharing or over whatever. I think that does affect the confidence, but I think having to go through something and people not knowing makes it very Mm -hmm. difficult for them to support us.
0: In general, And they will, particularly as you rise higher and higher, I think of leadership, like people want to see you as a person. And, you know, I think about female role models, there aren't as many female role models in the highest levels of power globally, whether that's, you know, politics or business or <laughs> whatever that is. But I really gravitate towards the female leaders that are unapologetic about who they are. Mm -hmm. And what they bring to the roles that they bring, even if that looks a little bit different. And so, like, when I was pregnant, I was constantly searching for a female role model in, you know, in business who was pregnant and kind of did that, did those two things at the same time. And I love Jacinta Arden, who's the Prime Minister of New Zealand. And she was the first female Prime Minister of New Zealand She was pregnant in office and she was like, I'm the first female prime minister and leader of a country, pregnant in office, unapologetic about it. I'm going to take three months leave. My cabinet and my team will take care of things and I trust them to do that. I'm going to go be a mother for three months and then come back. And she just made that normal. Yeah, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. That's the way it
1: should be because your team should be able to manage stuff for time, like an extended period of time, if everybody's moving fluidly and you're setting them up for success, that's what should be happening.
0: Yeah. Brilliant
1: leadership. Yeah.
0: So, So I think, yeah, I mean, I love seeing leadership like that, that kind of like unapologetic leading with heart and as a whole person. Yeah, absolutely. I want to shift gears a little bit back to (laughs) Uh, who is Trellis Health for? Like who can sign up or use Trellis Health? So right now we are in private beta, and private beta is just for pregnant women within the U.S. So if any of your listeners are pregnant or know anybody that is pregnant and they want to try out the service and and kind of get access to this, we would definitely welcome them. There is a sign up sheet on our website, but I do want to reiterate that our broader goal here is to serve not just the pregnancy health journey, but kind of everybody that's faced with managing their health at one point or another in their life and even preventatively. So we really see this going into a child health record and a family health record and then, you know, individuals like anybody, but right now we're starting with pregnancy.
1: Awesome. Awesome. And we'll have the links and the show notes too, for your website and for the beta version too. So if you're and want to try it out, go to the show notes. <laughs> uh, and for you, like, do you have a sense of the time frame of when you'll be able to include other groups or other individuals? Yeah, yeah. Will you give us a sense <laughs>
0: <'Cause it's laughs> On the surface, <laughs> that sounds simple. I mean, this comes back down to how quickly can we innovate and bring new solutions in healthcare. You know, healthcare is one of the trickiest markets to kind of innovate in and build new solutions for a number of reasons. And so I don't want to segue too far into this, but I'm a firm believer that you as a person have a right to your health information and it's your information that impacts your body and your life and your journey. It should be yours and you should have free and easy access to that Historically, that hasn't always been the case in wow. within the system, like the kind of U.S. healthcare system has been, you know, has made that really, really difficult for patients to do. And so that is changing and we are continuing to kind of innovate in that space and enable that as fast as we possibly can. But there is just complexity in the U.S. healthcare system. Yeah, Yeah. Believe me, (laughs) I
1: look forward to following you and staying in touch. And I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast today
0: because I'm really like, I'm just so excited about the work you're doing. Thank you. And I'm really glad we got to touch on so many different things today, but I, I really enjoyed the conversations. So thanks.
1: Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for being a listener of the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I am so grateful for each and every episode that you tune in and listen to, and I hope that you get a ton of value that you can implement starting today. I do have just a quick favor. If you wouldn't mind hopping on to wherever it is that you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating and review, it would help us tremendously so that the Tribe of Leaders podcast can be found more easily and help inspire other entrepreneurial leaders.